This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You were headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. Welcome back to another edition of the Drop Podcast. As always, I am your host, Lance Descott. Get right on to it. We're going to talk a lot of blues hockey. We're going to talk about James Neal being on a PTO. We're going to talk about Fralik being on a PTO. We're going to talk about Tarasenko. Logan Brown trade. Sanford's gone. The new moves in the front office. And my thoughts on all of it. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the moves in the front office first. The Blues announced just a couple days back that they named Peter Shirelli as vice president of hockey operations, while Ken Hitchcock will be will rejoin the team as a coaching consultant. Dave Taylor's been promoted to the role of a senior advisory to hockey operations. I think a lot of us know about Shirelli and his, uh, let's just say, infamous time at Edmonton as the GM. Let's just talk about some of those moves that he made, some of the terrible moves that he made. Number one, I think the worst move he ever made was signing Milan Lucic to that huge, huge contract. Also trading Jordan Eberle. Then he gave Miko Koskinen a contract that he probably didn't really deserve considering how long he had played in the NHL and had shown some bright spots. Then he traded Justin Schultz for a third round pick. You know, that's not too bad, I guess. A lot of people were upset about that, and I don't think it's a great trade. And of course, the Ryan Strom trade for Ryan Spooner that a lot of people are upset about. And that was after he acquired Strom from trading Jordan Eberle. So it became a revolving door. And I would have to say the worst trade that this man did was Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. It's got to go down as not just one of the worst trades over the last couple of years. It's got to go down as one of the worst trades in the last, in my mind, 15, 20 years. He had some success, of course, in Boston. I believe he was there 2006 to 2015, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. He has not been good recently at any part of hockey operations, general manager, whatever. I'm a little shocked at this, that they've promoted him. I'm hoping it doesn't have to do with nepotism because Peter Shirelli is a close friend of Doug Armstrong. And I really hope this organization isn't going down that road because when you start hiring your friends who have a recent past of zero success, it can tend to take your franchise down. Let's move ahead to the Ken Hitchcock signing. Hitchcock is almost 70 years old. I think he's 68 or 69. We all know he was the Blues head coach from 2011 to 2017. The Blues played pretty well in the regular season with Hitchcock uh, out of his six seasons. Of course, we remember when they were just totally gassed and lost in the conference finals against San Jose, and they just didn't show up in that series. But he got them to the conference finals, which is great. But every other year, they laid an egg in the playoffs. Hitchcock, since he's been with the Blues and left, he was in his swan song. If we all remember, I'm retiring. I might come back and do some type of hockey consulting, but I'll probably not coach again. So what does he do? He coaches in Dallas and Edmonton. 
and he took over a Edmonton team that was just reeling. They had some bright spots when he was there, but ultimately they did not play good under Ken Hitchcock. Not good at all. I think a lot of the guys wouldn't listen to him because Ken Hitchcock's a little old school. And some of these younger guys just don't pay attention to that. And I think that was his issue there. He coached in Dallas, had very little success there. And some of the players made that comment that Ken Hitchcock is out of touch with the way the league is now. So the Blues bring him in and make him a coaching consultant. Let's think about this. The last two seasons after the Stanley Cup win, Greg Berube, some of it being his fault, some of it not being his fault. With COVID and everything, his teams have been ousted in the first round and very quickly and not look good at all in the playoffs. And I think the main reason that they didn't look good in the playoffs, the style that he plays is defense first, defense first, defense first, defense first, defense first. And anybody that plays for him will tell you that. And there's nothing wrong with with being responsible defensively. But when you're asking a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, a guy like uh, Perron, a guy like Mike Hoffman last year, when you're asking a guy like that to all of a sudden start to play defense when he hasn't in all his career at the early 30s, I'm amazed at how many goals Hoffman got. And it was only because Barube moved him up to the second lines for the most part and made sure he had good people on the power play with him. Because if he would have stayed on the third line, I don't think he would have gotten near those numbers that he received because he came on fire in the end of the year. The Blues don't resign him. He goes to Montreal. That's, that's another story. But let's look at this in a conspirator's way. Craig Berube got us the cup, and dear Lord, do we thank him so much for that. We had been waiting 52 years to get that cup. I've been going to Blues games since I was six years old, so 75, 76 in that range. Had a lot of promise in some of those years. Saw a lot of great players play. But Barube came in, and he wasn't successful at first. He was not successful and didn't really start this team playing well until Jordan Bennington came in and sparked this team. I give Jordan Bennington the credit for getting that team going because he carried them in those 50, 53 games he played in starting, I believe, January 3rd of 2019 to get them to the Stanley Cup. I think he had a 1.83 goals against or a 1.89, if I'm not mistaken, in those games. It was just off the charts. I give him a lot of the credit. I give credit to Ryan O'Reilly, who from the time he came to St. Louis, worked hard, was the hardest working player out there every night, even before the Blues started winning. The team started to gel at the right time. They started to buy into Barube's system. It's a system that wears a team out. Uh, I've talked to several former NHL players. They've all talked to me about it, and I've asked them about it. Is this defense-first, punish, punish, punish system, is it an easy-to-play, 82-game season type of a system? And the answer resoundingly out of the six or seven I've asked is no. Your guys still have to give 100%, but there's certain teams that if you don't match them offensively and your defense is off or if your goaltender is off that night, by the time you wear them down, you're down two to nothing, three to nothing. And this team for the last couple of years has just not had the ability to come back a lot in those instances. They did a few times last year, but I think they're just too wore out by the time the playoffs come around. Let's get back to the conspiracy. 
I don't think this is by chance that this happened. Doug Armstrong signs his new contract. He's going to be with the team for five more years. I don't know if I would have gone that far. I probably would have picked up his option for next year, which they had, and given him two more years. So giving him three more years after this season, so four total. I don't know if I would have given him five. But he's done some good things here. He's made some great trades. And I'll still never know how he got the Flyers to buy on that trade for Laterra. I don't know how he did that. Their GM must have been smoking crack at the time or something, because that's got to be the biggest steal of all time. It really has to be. It's one of the most lopsided trades in history. And then you've got the trade for Ryan O'Reilly, Sabotka, Berglund, Tage Thompson. I mean, he stole Ryan O'Reilly from Buffalo. Think where we would be without it. So he's done some great things. He's done some bad things too. Like bringing Sabotka back when everybody knew Sabotka was not the same type of player. But he remedied that and got rid of him and got O'Reilly. So I think he's done. Out of 100%, I'd give him 75%. I think he's done a good job, especially over these last couple of years. He's taken some risk. But overall, man, he's done some really good things over the last couple of years. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, they've made the playoffs so many times and you know, he's made sure they've done that out of all of his tenure. And that's great and all. The thing I look at is playoff success, not just making the playoffs, not just being a team that's the number one in the Western Conference or number one or two in the Western Conference or number one or two in the Central. I would rather have a team that finished third in the Central or third or second in the Western Conference that played hard in the playoffs and got to the third round. I'd rather see that than a team that just kills themselves to get the president's trophy or to get second place, you know, to get a good seat. He's done some good things. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think I'd have signed him for that long, but let's get back to Bay. I'm just bouncing around topics here. And people will say, nope, that's not true. That's not why they brought in Hitchcock. If you want my personal opinion, and it's my personal opinion, this has nothing to do with any hatred towards Craig Bay. I think he's a good coach. Is he a great coach? I honestly don't think so. I think he can coach your team to be successful in a season for the most part. But I think he gets out coached by the other coach a lot. He was out coaching that Avalanche series last year by Bednar. I mean, big time. Huge. And he didn't adjust. And that's why they lost. We're up to snuff on what's happening that far. You've got my opinion on that far. This Tarasenko thing just continually tends to come back. And people get upset at him. And I don't understand it. I, I, I don't understand it. The guy comes back and, you know, basically Brubay's made a statement too that things have happened and that's going to stay private. It's going to stay within the team. And that's it. I'm not going to talk about it. And I respect Brubay for that. I really wish that the media wouldn't have blown this whole thing out of proportion with him because I think it's been blown out of proportion. And I'm in the middle here because I think there is something to the fact that it got out in the media that he called out the training staff. I don't think that ever should have happened. I, I really don't. That kind of stuff stays in the locker room. If you've got an issue, you go to your coach, talk to your coach. Either he goes and talks to the GM or you both go and talk to the GM. And you lay it out and say, listen, my two surgeries on my shoulders, they were not good. The doctor I got said he had to go in and fix a lot of damage that these last two surgeries had done to his shoulders. I don't blame him. His shoulders and his body are his livelihood, people. And a lot of people get upset about it. He has every right to question the doctors. Does he have a right to put it public? No. And I don't think from what I'm told, 
what he supposedly said was actually what he said. From what I've been told, he went and told them, hey, this doctor basically said, that team doctor that operated on me screwed my shoulder up and he had to fix it. No problem with that. But let's keep it between the GM and the coach. You don't let it get to the other players because regardless of what some former Blues players are saying, that it's not a problem in the locker room, it's not going to be a problem in the locker room. Guys, it already is a problem in the locker room. There are a few guys that aren't real happy with him. And people ask me, Lance, since you played hockey, you were in a locker room. What will happen? Well, I'm going to tell you what will happen. You may see some guys that eventually will get over it and they'll embrace him and everything will be fine. And I hope that happens. But you may see some guys that really don't gravitate towards him anymore in the locker room. But on ice, these guys are professionals. And I've heard people say, well, you'd be able to tell it on the ice. No, 99.9% of the time you won't. These guys are professionals. And when it's on ice, you don't let that get to you. You leave it in the locker room, you leave it with the GM, you leave it with the coach, and you move forward. These people that are just tearing him apart, I don't get it. He made a statement that he's 100% here. He's here to play, so on and so forth. And he wants to keep what was said and what happened between him, Doug Armstrong, and Craig Berube. And like I said, Berube said basically the same thing. And there are people that are tearing him up for that. People saying, oh, he should be gone. Why is he saying that? Let me ask you this. If you work for somebody and you bring something up to them and it gets out within your company, what you said or what you did that really doesn't look positive on your organization, some of your employees may treat you different, especially if it affects them. If it affects them in the pocket, in other words, the sales team that splits bonuses or something. If it affects somebody in the pocket, they're going to care. This issue with him saying, I'm here to work. As long as I play here, I'll work 100%. I'm 100% healthy. I mean, it's like I put out on Twitter. Do you want him to come and say, you know what? I'm going to do my best here, but I want to be gone. You know, I'm just biding my time. I'm hoping for a trade. I know it's going to happen soon. They promised me a trade. But until then, guys, I'm here, and I'm just going to play and do what I need to do until I'm gone. Then you know what happened? Everybody would have been upset with him. He's trying to be very, I don't say political, but he's trying to be politically correct here. He's trying to let people say, hey, that's behind me. Everything's good. My mindset's good. He's happy to be with his teammates. He's there to work. He's 100% there. He's 100% healthy. Uh, Berube doesn't believe it's going to be a distraction, and I don't think it's going to be a distraction on the ice. This guy's been raked through the coals. The team going into the playoffs was playing okay. They weren't playing great. He comes back a couple games before the playoffs. The Blues lose to the Avalanche. And everybody blames him. Tarasenko didn't score enough. Tarasenko's not Tarasenko anymore. Tarasenko needs to do this. Tarasenko, guys, this is a team game. And if you've ever had an injury, a major injury, especially a couple surgeries on the same place, and then you come back, I don't care what kind of shape you're in. It's going to take a while to get back into shape. I thought he was very good defensively against Colorado because he knew he wasn't there offensively. He was hitting people. He was taking the body. I mean, I thought he played a good defensive game against Colorado, but his offense was off. You fans have to think. Let's see. The guys had two shoulder surgeries on one shoulder and a third on the other. You know, there's no way that could affect his shot, could it? Yeah, it's going to affect his shot. Come on, people. A shoulder surgery is going to affect your shot. A back surgery is going to affect your shot. I'm giving the guy a break. Uh, in all honesty, I think he's here. 
unless Doug Armstrong comes down in price from what he wants. Last I heard, he wanted a first-round draft pick and an everyday player. And I don't think he's going to get that right now. If Tarasenko starts contributing, and let's say by the trade deadline, or maybe even before then, he starts to look good, another team sees healthy, then maybe he's gone. I don't see him here past the 22 trade deadline. I just don't. But if he is, I can almost guarantee he'll be gone before that last year of the contract kicks in. Because the Blues aren't going to resign him, and they're going to want to get something for him. So that is enough about Tarasenko. Everybody is talking about this trade. We got Logan Brown, Jeff Brown's son from Ottawa in exchange for the beloved and the hated Zach Sanford. I have never seen a more polarizing player on a team than Zach Sanford. People either really love him. And then you have the people that say he's terrible. He's the worst player ever. I'm somewhere in the middle. I think the guy has skill. I do. I think he's got some skill and he can be streaky. But then he makes some real bonehead mistakes in the defensive side. And a lot of his mistakes are made in critical times. Critical times. And I think that's why a lot of people didn't really like him. And I had an issue with that too, but I didn't hate the guy. But I did want to see him traded because he was being treated differently than other players. He played bad, kept making a mistake, kept making a mistake. And finally, not till the end of the year, would Craig Berube set him. Finally set him for one game. I don't think it really helped. He didn't look any better to me after that. Players can see that. Players can see that a coach has two different uh, ways that he treats players. If a young player like Kairou made some of the mistakes that Sanford did, Kairou wouldn't be playing for three or four games. If a young player like Thomas made some of the mistakes that Sanford did, Thomas wouldn't have been playing. So I think it's a good thing. He finally held him accountable, and I think it's good that he's not here with the Blues. They trying to say that they didn't want to trade him. It wasn't a trade that they wanted to do out of necessity, not out of desire, but they had to do it basically, I think, because they're saying for cap space. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. Doug Armstrong has been trying to trade Zach Sanford a lot longer than just recently. And him and Berube have been going round and round about it for a while. But you won't hear that. And they couldn't get anything for Zach Sanford. They couldn't find anything for Zach Sanford. But finally, Zach Sanford's gone. He'll play in Ottawa with a young team. And I wish him the best. I really do. Now, Logan Brown, he's a kid that's 23 years old. Big kid, 6'6". I think around 220. I might be off by a couple pounds. He's really only had a cup of coffee in the NHL. He was drafted, I believe, 11th overall. I think that was the 2017 draft, if I'm not mistaken. But I might be wrong. 2016-2017 draft. In that first year, in 2017, 2018, he played four or five games. He's only played a total of 30 games. You cannot tell how good a guy is going to be in 30 games, especially at the age of 23. A lot of these guys, all of a sudden, it just kicks in. It kicks in and something clicks and they become good, steady players or they become great players. Maybe he'll do that. I hope he does it. I think he may be a little more comfortable being close to home, having his dad nearby, having his family nearby. I know they said his family was going really crazy over it, and I'm very happy for him. I hope he does well here, because I'm going to tell you, if he does well here, the Blues are going to be very successful over the next couple years if he succeeds here. I wish him the best, and I hope he gets a good opportunity, because as we know, Berube doesn't always give younger guys a long leash. He gives them a very short leash. So I do wish him the best, and I'm very happy for him getting to move back to where he 
is very well known and hopefully he's comfortable here. Hopefully he makes the team. If not, maybe he can go back down to the AHL, get more seasoned and come back at the end of the year, you know, for the playoffs or maybe next year. Now let's talk about the two PTOs, Michael Frolic and James Neal. I think both of them are decent players. I think uh, they haven't been good players in quite a while. But some of that can be circumstantial. Some of it can be where they were playing at, their line mates, their teammates. We know that James Neal on Saturday night had a hat trick and Michael Frolic had a goal. So out of the six goals the Blues scored, the PTO guy scored four of them. So I'm very happy for both of them. I think in the right situation, they could help this team. However, if you've got a young guy that needs playing time that you know could be a good player, don't keep one of these guys. Don't give them the minutes. Give a guy like Dakota Joshua or somebody else in the minors a chance. You know, everybody was sending me hate mail, emails about how I must hate James Neal. I don't hate him. He's just not the player he was. And sometimes he can be very lazy. Just ask his Calgary teammates and ask his Edmonton teammates. Berube's supposed to want people that are very strong defensively. Well, in his last three seasons, he's a minus 27. Over his last four, he's a minus 38. You know, I think he's got 60 points over the last three years. That's okay. I think that's a fourth line guy, maybe a fourth line left winger when you need him to move up. If there's nobody, on those lines that the Blues can use that's younger, then by all means, sign James Neal to a minimum deal. Or sign Frolic to a minimum deal. I don't think they can keep both of them because there's too many young guys here, and I just don't think it's going to work out. So what do you guys think the Blues are going to do this year? Do you think they're going to finish high? I know a lot of the fans are thinking they're a Stanley Cup contender. I'm not quite there yet. I've got to see more from this team. And a lot of it's going to be riding on Bennington. Because with Berube's system, even though he wants defensive responsibility, defense first, defense first, defense first, that wears you out after a lot of games doing that all the time. And that can leave your goalie exposed when your team gets tired. So they're going to need a big year from Jordan Bennington. I'm thinking they're going to need a guy that's around 2.09, 2.05, maybe 2.19. Goals against with a save percentage of about 918 to 923, that would be awesome. If he's 915, that's fine with me too. But if he's much worse than that, if he's up in the 269s, 279s, 259s, I think this team is going to have problems. But like I said, if he's the goalie he was when he first came up, man, this team could be very good this year. They could surprise some people. Me personally, I am picking the Blues to finish second in the Central, and second in the Western Conference. That is what I'm picking. I think they could finish first with a big year from Bennington. And if they do sign Michael Frolich or if they sign Neil, and maybe Neil could give him 15 goals. That would be awesome. Can you imagine getting a guy on a low contract for 15 goals? That would be great. I really, really hope that Craig Berube does well. But I honestly think, and I didn't finish it, I'm so sorry. I think Ken Hitchcock is there just in case Berube screws up and the Blues have a bad first part of the season, a bad 20 games, a bad 30 games. I think Armstrong will pull that trigger and put Hitchcock behind the bench as an interim coach. I really do. 
and people will say, no, that, that's not going to happen. They've already said it's not. Well, do you think Armstrong's going to come out and say that? Yeah, we've brought him in just as uh, someone to be there in case uh, Coach Berube uh, messes up. What do you think about that, Craig? No, guys, come on. They're going to say, no, 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 deny, 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 and till it happens. I hope it doesn't happen, because if it doesn't happen, that means his team is playing well, and Craig Berube is probably going to get a contract extension. If the team doesn't do well this year, and I don't care if it's because of injuries, I don't care if the bublonic plague comes back and the Blues either miss the playoffs or the Blues lose in the first round, I don't think Berube should be back. And a lot of people will hate me for that, but that's just my opinion. Why don't you guys let me know about what you think on these topics at Drop Hockey Show at, at Twitter. You can also check me out at Hockey Goalie STL, my personal Twitter page. Uh, let me know what you think. Do you think Berube will last? Do you think the Blues will finish better than I said? I, I think if they play well and Bennington's hot, they could finish second in the Western Conference and the Central Division. I think some teams have improved themselves. I think the Blackhawks, and I hate to say it, are going to be better this year. I really do. And I hate to say it. I think the Predators are going to be a little bit better this year. Um, Arizona is going to be in our division now. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to seeing the Kraken play. A lot of people are saying there's no way they're going to make the playoffs. I'm going to tell you, these guys really know what they're doing. They're doing it smart. They're taking young kids that haven't played very much in the NHL, a few veterans that are a little bit older, but this team's going to be very, very young. I think they're going to give some people some hard times. If they play like the talent level that they're supposed to be with this young talent and some of the veterans they've brought in, I think the team could make the playoffs. Call me stupid. Call me dumb. Don't be shocked if the Kraken make the playoffs and finish fourth in their division. I would not be shocked at all, but I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. And just like with every team, like I do with the Blues each year, no matter how good of a start the Blues get out to, I wait 20 games. I take it in 20 game sections and see how they do. I'm not one of these people that were so excited after the preseason win and James Neal scoring a hat trick and everybody saying he's the answer to our goal scoring problems. Hey, that would be great if he was, but I haven't seen that from him in three or four years. And at his age, that's hard to do, but I hope he does. If the blues need him and they can't find a young guy to take that spot and push him out of the way, then by all means sign him. Let's see what he can do. I think Bill Huso, this is his year to not only prove to the blues, that he can be a backup, but I think to prove to the NHL. Because I think Hoffer is, is going to be on his tail very soon. And Huso's contract is up after this season. So don't be shocked if Huso's gone after this season and Hoffer is brought up as the backup next year. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of The Drop. Make sure you listen for more episodes coming soon. I'm going to try to have one again this last week of September going into October. We'll talk more about what's going on with the Blues. We're going to probably see a lot more things happen around the NHL. Once some of these PTO guys sign or don't sign, you're going to see a lot of shuffling going on. You're going to see injuries. So a lot of things are going to change in the landscape of the NHL over the next couple of weeks, and I will do my best to keep you posted. I want to thank you again for joining me. You know I love you guys. And until next time, let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. 
You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance to Scott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.